Welcome to another episode of Said Your Nan, a podcast tackling the stigma of men's mental health, proudly presented by On The Men Charity. My name is James. And my name is Stuart. We're just two guys that got together to raise awareness on men's mental health. During these episodes, we will talk about important issues facing men and their mental health. We are by no means professional and the opinions in this podcast are our own, but please feel free to join in the conversation. Each episode will see us discuss different topics to help everyone better understand the ways that men deal or don't with their mental health. Overall, our aim is to get people talking. Evening, James. Not too bad, thank you very much. How's it going? I'm all right, apart from it being incredibly late uh, for our listeners' benefit. It's about half past 11 at night. We've both just got back from uh, a session at the gym. Mm, yes, we have. Wasn't it good? <laughs> Indeed, it was. <laughs> I, think, I think I walked I walked about four four miles, so I feel I feel good for that. My knee doesn't, but, but my, my brain feels good for it. Oh, that's good. My uh, my arms feel like absolute jelly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but you're you're lifting again, though, aren't you? So that's good. Well, I suppose you could call it that. <laughs> you've started lifting again. You're worse. You've gone down. No, um, I, that's good. I really have. I really have. But you've got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, it's good to get started again. I think. And you, I mean, it, you, you look like you were. You look like you're enjoying yourself. <laughs> Yes, yes, yeah. I mean, the, the bloke did have to come and tell me to put my trousers back on, so yeah. Because <laughs> you keep standing in front of that mirror. I know what you enjoy. Yeah, yeah well, absolutely. Getting, getting it's the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it in front of the window, oh. rather. <laughs> yeah. You poor soul. Uh, how's your weekend, though, anyway? I mean, we come, was it Monday tomorrow? So, yeah, how's the weekend? Good weekend? Bad weekend? Long weekend? Fun weekend? Just, just more of the usual. If I'm honest, mate, you know, not a lot, uh, not a lot indifferent. Um, I know you've had an interesting one, though. Do you want to tell us about uh, that? Yeah, well, no, not really. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no, just a lot of driving, a lot of travelling. So yeah, keeping occupied. Um, but um, I'm just tired. I'm tired because I feel like the weekends just disappear very quickly. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you have a, you blink and you kind of miss it straight away. Um, but no, no, I have had a good weekend. I've been out and about all over the place. I went into um, to a lovely old bookshop at the weekend and bought some some old like classic original version of um, Great Expectations for my daughter, which was good. Um, yeah, it was good. Good weekend. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. But so um, today, yeah, let's let's talk about the episode. So today we've got a uh, an interview that we recorded a couple of weeks ago. Our very very first uh, guest on the podcast. Um, a chap called Steve, who's uh, going to join us to talk about uh, his experience in the LGBTQ plus community. Um, so just to sound a bit fancy, let's run VT. <laughs> yeah, good episode. This really enjoyed it. So I um, hope everyone else does too. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sejanan. Uh I'm really pleased to announce today we've got our very, very first guest, on the podcast, uh, who is uh, officially breaking our virginity for us. <laughs> You're welcome. So uh, really looking forward to that. Um, 
<laughs> Proper beavers and butthead laugh going on there. Um, so I'd like to introduce Steve, who's joining us today. Hello, Steve. Thank can, you very much for having me. Say hello, me. Steve. <laughs> I know what you've let yourself in for. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> I think what you've let yourself in for is probably more at the point. Yeah. Mute button's on standby. <laughs> it's more that beef button he's got to get his hands on. Is that what I call it now? <laughs> um, so I'll give you a little bit of a uh, little bit of insight. I've known uh, Steve for most of my life. Um, I nearly said, unfortunately, then that that wouldn't be very fair, would it? <laughs> Bastard. Um, <laughs> since I was a I was a wee lad, about five years old. So uh, yeah, I've known I've known Steve a long time. Um, and to give you a little bit of insight, uh, Steve and I uh, went to school together. And uh, when we were in uh, infant school, it was so uh, in modern terms, that's kind of probably reception year one for anybody that's got kids in primary school. Uh, we, we'd finished our schoolwork for the uh, the afternoon and the teacher said we could go and play with the uh, the dressing up box. So we uh, we both decided it would be really, really fun to dress up in these big flowery dresses and hats and high heels that they had in the uh, in the box, which was was all right. So we got all this clothing on. Then the fire alarm went off at the school (laughs) (laughs) and the teacher said, I'm sorry, you haven't got time to get changed. Everybody out. So there's all the class piling out of the school onto the playground. And and Steve and I, we come clip clopping out of the school in our high heel shoes and down the stairs to queue up in the cold for 20 minutes in front of the whole school dressed in uh, flowery outfits. And they they were laughing at us. Um, And it was from that moment on, that uh well it just all went downhill from there didn't it really to be honest with you yeah years uh, of emotional damage nothing's changed for james <laughs> i mean he regularly goes out in dresses still <laughs> yeah i've seen it and then you can't unsee that once you've seen that <laughs> oh god it was one time all right i forgot to put my pants on <laughs> yeah well you know that wouldn't necessarily be a problem but it's going around and getting everything off of low shelves so that was that was the problem uh, yeah that's very true turkey right. in the shop <laughs> so that's that's my little intro and naming and shaming if you like i thought i'd get in there early with that one before he had a chance to pull it out because i knew he would Um, i definitely was going to use that uh against you but you did it against me so (laughs) absolutely yeah so uh so welcome um really pleased to have you here um do you want to give us a bit of an intro about yourself where you're from what your hobbies are and stuff well uh originally from southeast London, same as james like you said we went to school together uh, and I've kind of lived around, ooh, lived around the country quite a lot, actually. So now uh, I am living in Norwich in Norfolk, uh, which is lovely. But prior to that, I lived in Cheltenham for what, nine years, uh, which was fucking awful. Hated it. But um, and I think that was probably the start of the uh, of my mental decline. <laughs> uh, but I've kind of lived all around. Uh, but since being here, it's great because uh, I kind of work on a couple of podcasts uh, with my friend. Uh, which you do the editing for. So it's the Constant Reader podcast, which is um, where we talk about uh, adaptations of Stephen King novels and, and films. And we have different uh, guests on and stuff like that, uh, which is pretty good. And then we've got another one, which is the um, Hallowed Histories, which is just basically talking about um, folklore and stuff like that in the East Anglia area. Uh, and other than that, I kind of do YouTubes. I kind of do um, voices and stuff for different Transformers stuff online, which is pretty cool. And uh, I play, believe it or not, 
on uh, Norfolk's only, to my knowledge, gay and inclusive rugby team called uh, I Seen the RFC. So giving them a bit of a shout out. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's a bit about me. Um, so yeah, I know you can, you can tell that's uh, I get about quite a bit. As in, like living, um, living. Yeah, that, oh, that as well. Yeah. What's uh, what's your YouTube channel called? Oh God, now you're asking. I think it's Stephen Parks Thirty. I think, but my actual name is uh, Stevie P eighty three. Uh, so you can always kind of have a look on there. It's the same as my uh, Instagram, I think. But I'll give you the links. You can probably put that in your show notes or whatever if people want to go and have a look. Well, you're you're quite lucky because after they've listened to this podcast, uh, your readership should or your subscribership should go up by about one or two. <laughs> well, you know, every little helps. And that's just because <laughs> you've got a in it, Stu, right? <laughs> Aw, that's so nice of you. Thanks. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Um, I guess I, I, to start off with, I'd probably like to take you take you back, if that's all right. Uh, not as far mm-hmm. as dressing up in the, the clothes at school, <clears> but, <throat> but certainly about... Uh, your experience coming out. Um, mm-hmm. so, so how old were you? What sort of year was that roughly? Uh, so yeah, I can tell you the exact year, which was 2001 and I was 18 and uh, I can remember where I was. Uh, it was in a, a little place in Orpington, which you'll probably recognize James called the Ram Barber. I don't think it's there anymore. But anyone who went to Orpington in the early 2000s would probably know it. Um, <clears throat> and I can remember getting to that point where I was just, I have to, I have to, get this this off my chest as it were because i think back then it was i think it was a lot harder i mean i'm not i'm not by any means kind of diminishing anyone's um struggles about coming out and stuff like that but i think definitely back then in the late 90s and early 2000s it was a lot a lot more difficult mm-hmm. um certainly a lot less uh accepting i think but i got drunk <laughs> and i was with a group of friends and um I remember coming out to people in the pub and my friend Sarah or our, our mutual friend Sarah basically said to me, oh, you know, have you told your parents yet? And I was like, no, I haven't. She said, oh, you should do it. And I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll wait. She went, no, no, just do it now. Once you've got this energy where you've got this, this kind of, um, this confidence, do it. So <laughs> I stupidly rang my parents. So of course I ring her up. Um, Kylie Minogue can't get it out of my head playing in the background. So it couldn't have been any gayer if it tried, to be honest. <laughs> and uh, so I ring my mum, and the first thing she does when she answers the phone, she goes, I'm not picking you up. And I was like, I'm not ringing for a lift. She was like, what do you want then? And I was like, I just bring in you just to say, like, just to tell you, like, I'm gay. And it went quiet for a little bit. And then she goes, right. I was like, yeah. So there it is. Uh, coming out. She went, right. You happy? I went, Yeah. She went, right, can I go back to bed then? I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. So put the phone down and I was elated for, for that evening. Then in the morning I woke up, went downstairs and um, my mum was sitting in the, on the, at the kitchen table and my dad was at the sink and she goes to me, do you remember ringing me last night? I was like, yeah. She went, oh. do you mean what you said? I went, yeah. She went, all oh, right, okay, that's fine. And then I'll never forget it. My dad walked past me and he goes, oh, it's all right. It's trendy to have a gay son nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The only thing a parent can say, really. Do you know what I mean? It's like, if anyone's going to say it, it'll be a parent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely a weight off my shoulders. Um, <laughs> and I think there was, I suppose there was a little issue of like worrying what 
people would say uh, yeah. and how they would react to it. But to be honest with you, the weird thing is, is it was the blokes in our group that I worried more about. Mm-hmm. Um, because women, you know, they love gays. I mean, to, to straight women, gays are like handbags and small dogs. Do you know what I mean, they all they all love it and they all want one. Um, but it was, <laughs> but it was like it was the it was definitely the the guys in the group because the thing I think again like you're going back to like the when we were at school um, where like you're gay was an insult. Do you know what I mean? People go, oh, you're so gay, <clears throat> and it was kind of and that was everyone's instant how to insult someone in inverted commas. So and it was all very toxic in that respect. So you would never, I would never have come out of school. So I think that is what worried me. But I was, it was good because everyone, well, to my knowledge, you didn't say it to my face. Everyone seemed to kind of be okay with it, which was great. Um, <clears throat> which is, which is good. And I'm glad that I got that reaction. And I know some people don't get that, uh, which is not great. But I was lucky when it comes to that that uh, everyone kind of just accepted it and you know was was cool with it and it was um I, I guess for me personally it was it was a surprise because you were you know you were I'm trying to think of the right words to use you were quite a, a manly man right you know you were the one that had the long-term girlfriend all the way through school you were the one that got caught with porn mags in your locker <laughs> at school <laughs> I um, did not get caught with that I gave that to got, someone else and did, they got right? caught <laughs> Yeah, you, you, were just, you were just borrow. Uh, they were just resting in your locker, right? You know. <laughs> Look, they were in my locker uh, because our mutual friend put them in there, uh, yeah. and then I wanted to get rid of them because it was the last day of term, and they all lockers had to be emptied. So I gave them to two people. I was like, I don't want these, and they were caught reading them, and then the bastards literally dobbed me in. Could, could I just I mean, clarify, though? But you were with said friend when you were liberating them from the paper bins. Like the <laughs> that is irrelevant. Right? That is irrelevant. <laughs> I mean, I clearly wasn't interested in them. I was doing it just to be part of the team. But that was, that was I guess that's kind of my point, really. You know, you're, you you spent your whole, you know, do you feel you spent those kind of school years in a, in a bit of a lion? Was it, did you not know at that time or was it just you were, you were, you know, having that long-term girlfriend and going through those motions to not to kind of mask it. Yeah. I mean, we would call what my long-term girlfriend is. We would call her a beard essentially, uh, which is kind of like you've got someone there to kind of take people off the scent. And I think this is, this is the other thing that I found really difficult uh, growing up is that like, it's not like now where, I mean, I've, I've walked to work in the mornings and I see school kids, walking down the street wearing makeup and shouting yes queen at their friends you know what i mean and they're like 13 14 years old mm-hmm. back when i was at school i mean i've always known um always and that was probably one of the loneliest parts of my life because there was no one i could talk to um mm. there weren't apps back then where i could go on and chat to people um, you know, there was the internet was in its infancy, so I couldn't exactly go online. I certainly couldn't go to pubs because, well, I didn't know anyone who was gay or that I knew of. Um, so it's not like I could go to pubs, but I was too young to go to pubs anyway. Um, so I had no one to talk to. So I had to literally go through this period of my life alone. Uh, and kind of the, the only, there was no representation either. I think that's the other thing. Like, I remember when I think it was either EastEnders or Coronation Street. 
they had this massive thing where there was a gay kiss and it was all over the front page and people would out yeah. you know the outroar they were disgusted it was you know, it's the worst thing ever and you just think shit you know what i mean and that that didn't help so i think that was so t- i had to kind of pretend to be like everybody else because i just worried that i'd be shunned and uh, and like there's nothing worse than having to grow up knowing that you literally have got this thing where you're different to everybody else but you can't talk to anyone about it Mm. Um, which is why I think now I think kids and people generally nowadays I think that it is so much better for them now uh, because there's a lot more support out there for people um, and I think that's a good thing and that's what we need but yeah that that was kind of that was why I did I mean yeah it's just to kind of stop people kind of thinking or even finding out my secret I suppose you just said something there which, which kind of made me think you said that you weren't normal or wasn't the same as everybody else and mm. and how you felt sort of, you know, 20 odd years ago or so. But if you, mm. if you look at it now, it is normalized now, I think mm. a lot more. And, <clears throat> and it, you, I don't think it's considered being different anymore. Is it? That's the thing. It's not a difference mm. now. People look mm. at it as more as an, uh, as something else or a inclusion more so, which I think helps. Um, you still have yeah. intolerance and you still have people that are, are massively against it and so on and so forth. But ultimately it's, it has become a lot more normalized. And that's, I mean, that, that, that's a big difference to 20 years ago. Cause I agree with you. I remember being at school and you were saying about the insults that people would kind of band about and they go, Oh, you're, you know, you're being a gay, stop being so gay and all that sort of stuff. And I think to a degree, people still say it nowadays. It's not really changed. It's just used yeah. less. I, I think for me, like I, it takes a lot to offend me. Uh, I'm certainly not one of these people now that get offended on behalf of someone else or whatever. I think words are ultimately can be dangerous, but I think it's the intent in which they use. Yeah. So if someone says, I mean, I don't like the word, but if someone called me a faggot or whatever, yeah. or a fag, and it was, and I knew that they were kind of doing it in a, in a way that wasn't intended to insult me, I would just be like, oh, whatever. It doesn't bother me. But if someone did it and I knew their whole entire intention was to cause offense, then I would be like, well, that's out of order. Mm. <clears throat> and I think that's the thing. I think, I mean, it is slowly going away. I mean, I remember when I, when I, when I first moved to Cheltenham, I got a job um, in an in a insurance company and there was a group of people and uh, one of them kept saying things like, oh my God, this is so gay. And they said it over and over. And uh, I then later found out that the team leader messaged her on like instant messenger or whatever and said, yeah, you might want to kind of uh, stop using that word because you don't know if anyone around you is and they might take <clears throat> offense to it. Um, and of course, then she had, that, I had, she had that word with me and she was like, oh shit, I didn't realize. And I was like, that's fine, but you just need to be a little bit more kind of you know, mindful. And it's weird because you wouldn't, you wouldn't hear people going, oh my God, you're so straight. <laughs> disgusting <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> bloody heterosexuals <laughs> so so interestingly i guess you know you and i you grew up in the same era and yeah uh, comedy was a lot different back in those days uh, yeah when you look at the stand-up comics and and you know you and i have been to to shows over the years where you'll have mm-hmm. you know what i class as old school comedians making jokes about yeah. uh gay men and you know you've absolutely pissed yourself laughing um, would be my my observation. So, you know, how how does that make you feel when you hear you know 
jokes and gags and stuff that are making reference to the the gay community. Um, again, it's a joke. Do you know mm. what I mean? I think this is this is I think the the problem we've got nowadays is that everyone takes a joke. I mean, it depends on again, it's, a, it's all about context, but generally speaking, if I'm going to a show and I know that that comedian does jokes about whatever, then I'm accepting the fact that I may hear a joke about being gay or gay blokes or whatever. But ultimately, it doesn't bother me um, because I just I just don't find that stuff offensive. Mm. Um, do you, but that's but that's me personally. But I know there are people out there that would find it offensive. But then I'd like to think that they wouldn't go to a show or watch that and go, "Oh my god, I'm so offended by this." Well, why did you sit there for two hours listening to it? Then it's just yeah. it, to to me, it doesn't bother me. Um, I don't. The only thing really is, like I said, is if people are just if people are ignorant, um, and it's not a joke, and they're saying it, and they're saying things, and it's just coming from a place of just non-intelligence that's when it pisses me off but joke wise no it doesn't bother me because it is exactly what it is it's a joke it's not a true reflection of the person selling the joke do you know what i mean um yeah so no it doesn't but it doesn't bother me although i i can understand it. it may bother some people but yeah not me personally it always confuses me ever so slightly when people say, you know, you're, yeah, you're coming out for a drink tonight and they'll go, no, not tonight. And they go, oh, don't be gay. And you're like, why do gay people not go out for a drink? That's what <laughs> always gets me. It's like, where's the context? Because, you know, at what point do you use the the slur or the insult or the just general statement um, for it to, to even have any kind of relevance? And I sit there and think, yes, yeah, it's a bit of a strange thing to say if somebody doesn't want to go out. Why would you? I don't get it. I think, I think you'll find... It's more men doing it to men, though, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It, uh, it's, it's a masculine thing, I think. You know, it's yeah. And of course, they like. And if you have guys who, um, you know, they don't want to be seen as because again, I think this is the other thing that is the problem is uh, is, is stereotyping. So, mm. I mean, I don't think I come across as your stereotypical. Like, for example, if if I said to somebody, um, do an impression of a gay man. Your instant reaction would probably be something like Louis Spence when you're like, "Oh, hello, how are you doing, darling? You're right." It's that, and that's what people do. And so, when someone says, "Want to be gay?" That's essentially what they're saying. You're you're an effeminate gay, uh, and obviously, straight men, and like you've just said about the masculinity thing, they're all yeah. like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh." And I found that with straight men, particularly because it, because I'm not like that, it just it kind of throws some people off. I have had that before, where they're like, "Oh, wait, what?" You're like, "Yes, I'm I'm a." I'm a homosexual and they and it throws them off because I think straight, not all straight men, but I think some straight men who aren't comfortable with it, they like to be able to see straight off the bat and identify someone there. And they go, right, they're gay, done. I've identified him. And I think when they don't have someone who is a screaming queen, <laughs> it throws them off. <laughs> well, it's, it's also a portrayal, isn't it? You look at the, the films of the late eighties, early nineties, you know, they, they had to find a way of, of differentiating a, a, a gay man in a film and I'm, I'm just thinking of like you know airplane springs to mind <laughs> you know i love that, that guy overly overly camp um mm. representation yeah absolutely and i think it is getting away from that now though i think um and i think that's a good thing uh especially now you have like shows where you've got gay characters and they're not you know, they don't have more mints than a bolognese. Do you know what I mean? They're someone that you can, it's just, a, it's just a normal person. I'm not saying that that's not normal, yeah. but like, I think some people I've, I've found my personally, I found like 
not so much now, but probably about five years ago, you get younger people coming out and that was how they wanted to portray themselves because they thought that's mm. what it should be. Um, and it's, you know, each to their own, but uh, yeah, I think it's got much better, but it doesn't bother me, you know, like Charles Autry and all that lot in the 1960s and the seventies and Kenneth Williams and, you know, Frankie Howard and all that lot and the other, they're all very camp, but Again, it's not offensive, I don't think, but I'm, I'm just glad that we're kind of nowadays, the stereotype is kind of going away a little bit, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, is an interesting one for you. If you had a do-over, mm-hmm. going back to, you know, when you came out in your early years, would you do anything differently? Um, I probably would have come out to my parents to their face and I probably wouldn't mm-hmm. have done it drunk. Um, I think it's hard because I would be going back to a time where it wasn't as, as, as accepted. So I think really, I don't think, I don't think I would, I don't think I would do anything differently necessarily other than maybe coming out, um, to my folks, to their face. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, no, I don't think I'd do anything other than that really. I mean, if I was now, if I was a, if I was a, if I was eighteen now, I would have come out probably years ago, um, and I would have then kind of like not gone through all those years of um, torment <laughs> yeah. and absolute mental anguish of kind of like thinking to yourself, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, no, I, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd do anything other than that, really. I got a question. <clears throat> that makes mm-hmm. what you were saying earlier on just. Pure curiosity. So you had a long-term girlfriend, and you, yeah, she was, she was known as a beard. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. I mean that in itself, brilliant. Um, but did she know <laughs> that she was exactly that? Did she know that she was a cover? Um, I don't think so. I think she probably um suspect. <laughs> she probably suspected something, <laughs> but I, I think I don't know whether she knew. Um, she probably suspected because obviously, you know, we, we never kind of slept together. Obviously I was what 16 at the time. So I wouldn't have done it anyway, but like, I mean, everyone was doing it, I suppose at that age, but no, uh, she probably suspected it. <laughs> she certainly knows now. <laughs> Send her a link to the podcast. If she didn't. <laughs> yeah. You turned me gay. Yeah, that's, that's not something we're going to hear 20 years down the line, is it? You know, just, just say no. <laughs> Just for clarification, I was basically came out of the womb <laughs> on a rainbow. So, you know, fell straight into my mum's heels. So, <laughs> brilliant. Um, I, I guess it would be fair to say that, you know, over the last few years, particularly the LGBTQ plus. IA plus. All oh, right. Okay. IA plus. Right, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. It's got a lot longer. What's IA? <laughs> sounding completely um, out of the loop. But... I think it's intersex and i don't know what the a stands for yeah i mean we're all intersex aren't we oh, yeah. i mean <laughs> some some of us get it more than others google it but no i didn't get there in time <laughs> that's what she I said um <laughs> intersexual asexual and agender ah yeah so is that i a a go no, so it's it's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, I mean, queer, intersexual, asexual, 
but it's bracketed a gender. So, right, okay. So there you go. What was the analogy you gave me earlier? For anyone interested, so yeah. there you are. That's it. I'm I'm part of the alphabet <laughs> mafia. It's a lot. It's a lot of letters. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But it's, it's recognising everybody that, that, you know, wishes to be recognised. Um, it gets a lot more media coverage now. Mm. Um, and certainly, you know, as an overall community, yeah. it's a lot more accepted. I guess, you know, it'd be good to understand your experiences. So being out mm. and about, you know, going on dates, going to pride parades, going to, to gay clubs or pubs. What kind of reaction do you get from people? Um... Well, in the early days, um, again, there wasn't really many places you could go. Um, and, and they, I mean, I remember specifically in Bromley, uh, gay pubs, the only way you could know if a pub was gay was if they had a little tiny rainbow in the door of the, like the window of the door. So it wasn't overly advertised. Like now you've got like fucking rainbow flags outside. You've got Lady Gaga screaming out and people, you know, duck walking across the floor and voguing everywhere. So... But like I think um, my experiences is like you know it's it is definitely much more represented now, which is great. And you've got um, which I think annoys some people um, from what I've seen. Uh, but I think that's a good thing because it means it encourages a safer environment for for people, and it and it kind of normalizes the normal. Um, <clears throat> whereas keeping it like oh people shouldn't know about gays and blah 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 blah, and it's like well. You should, people should know that not everyone is just man and woman. Do you know what I mean? It's, and so my experience is I've never really had any negative um, experiences. However, having said that, I wouldn't I wouldn't do PDA uh, in public. So I would PDA if I public display of affection. Right. Okay. So um, something as silly as and it's it's quite sad i told my friend about this and, and she kind of got a bit upset about it but i wouldn't hold if i got if i had a boyfriend <laughs> if um i had a boyfriend i wouldn't hold his hand in public i wouldn't walk down the street holding his hand um because i again i think because i grew up in a time where you just didn't see that um i can't get my head out of the fact that people you know probably wouldn't even look but it only takes one person to say something um i mean i've experienced comments um when i've been stood in a queue and i've seen two guys walking past uh, holding hands and there's just a lot of tittering a lot of laughing a little giggling from adults and you know you'll get people nudging their friend going look at that over there as if they're walking down the street with a butt plug in do you know what i mean it's like it's just two guys holding hands for god's sake but if you see two women walking down the street, no one actually batters an eyelid, which I think is really crazy. And again, it goes back to the, if it's men doing it, people have an issue with it, um, which is crazy. Uh, but so for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I mean, I don't go on many dates, unfortunately. This is where you can play like a, a violin, like a sad violin song uh, whilst I'm doing this bit. Right, no, no, that uh, one down, Stu. We'll get that in the background. <laughs> uh, I don't really go on many dates, um, because I just, I just, um, it, it, the environment of, of dating is just horrible. Um, but if I went on a date with someone, I would go to a pub. Um, cause I'm classy. <laughs> I'd probably go to a spoons. 
So instantly I've already I've already kind of just like turned loads of people off now. <laughs> but like for me, it's like I find that I find that kind of environment um comfortable, like a pub, an actual pub. So mm. I, I, that's what I would do. Um gay pub wise, I mean there's a pub in Norwich called the Catherine Wheel, which I, I go to, and it's like my second home really. And that's lovely because it's really accepting and it's it, it's a gay pub. <clears throat> Um, but you don't have any issue there. Like you, you can go there and you've got people of every, every kind of nomination there. You know, you've got like trans people, you've got um, non-binary people, you've got gays, lesbians, you know, straight people, because we allow you in. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> very kind of you. Thank you. No, you're very, you're welcome. It's our, it's our little bitch. You know what I mean? We help you out. Um, yeah. And, it, and it's kind of, that's nice because I know I could go there. If I was in a gay pub, I'd probably hold hands with someone that I was dating. Um, but that's really the only place I could do it is in a place where I know I'm safe. Um, and pride, pride's great. I think, uh, I mean, there are some people out there that kind of don't really understand or don't know why we still have pride, but it's, I think it's really important. Although we've, I think we've, we've come quite a long way in the last 20, 30, 40 years or whatever, but I think we still have a long way to go. Um, for example, I went to great Yarmouth pride, um, this year, um, which is uh, where I got dumped by my boyfriend. Um, but that aside, I thought it was a great time. You know, it's nice to kind of go there and have people, uh, you know, enjoy themselves. But then on the way home, there was a story in the, in the paper about a, it was a 15, 14 or 15 year old boy. He'd gone to Pride. Uh, he'd gone there with some friends. And on his way home, he was wearing a rainbow flag and he was beaten up by a group of lads just because he was wearing uh, a rainbow flag. And it's those situations that show that we still need a pride because it's people like that. Until there's a day where we can all go out and no one even cares, I think we still have pride. So I've not really had any negative. You get your, you get your, um, your, your protesters, like I've been to Manchester Pride and they've had protesters there, but they segregate them off, you know, shouting obscenities at us. But all that ends up happening is, you get drag queens stopping in front of them, having photographs with them, much to their dismay. Or you get people just snogging <laughs> in front of them because it pisses them off. <laughs> um, yeah. But sadly, you still have that. And I think, um, you know, it, I have been lucky enough to not have had any kind of negative, um, not, not like that. So I've been quite lucky, to be honest. But it does still happen, which is sad. And I don't want to sound... Um negative about it in any way but i i feel like mm-hmm. you know we're looking you know you know from the point that you came out till now 20 odd years and and yeah. people are still doing it you know so this lad comes back from pride and he gets attacked by lads and i think mm-hmm. you know I, I think it's going to be hard to for that to never be a thing because you will always have bigoted or single-minded people out there and i think that's where you say mm-hmm. you know pride always needs to happen because it will further reduce that from happening and like i said, I don't want to sound negative i don't mean that in any way i mean i think the, the leaps and bounds that have come on in the last you know a few decades have been incredible they've really changed and i think yep. the outlook in you know that in the community has changed a lot as well but um i think you know unless if you just stopped like you say if you just went we don't need pride anymore because you know we spoke about it enough and it's accepted i think you'll just fall back into that point where you'll get more people just you know taking advantage of the fact that they're they, they're going to see you as different and I, you know pride has to continue i think 
I totally agree with you. I think like, like there is no, it's the same with anything. There's always going to be people out there who are racist. There's always going to be yeah. people out there who are homophobic or xenophobic or whatever. I think, it, the, but the more education people get around it, the less it will be more prevalent. I think people will just keep it to themselves. Especially um, at a younger age. I think that's the, that's the bit you've got to be targeting, isn't it? When people are, you know, at an age where they can understand is realizing that it's not, di- it, it's not different. You know, it's, it's, it's okay. You know, it's normal. And that's the thing is it's like, you're not, na- you're no one's born homophobe or no one's born no. a racist. That's something you learn learned, from yeah. others. Uh, and I think that's, that's why I think it's good to get education there and kind of tell people that it's not anything to be scared about. It's not disgusting. It's not horrible. It's, you know, it is what it is. But again, I mean, I, I personally wouldn't, if I was in the street and I saw two guys or two girls necking each other, I would be, I'd be like, oh, come on. Same as if I saw a straight couple doing it, I'd be like, guys, come, we don't need to see this. Yeah, the gender I think it's difference. all, yeah. Exactly, it's just yeah. gross. <laughs> <laughs> Get a room, that sort of conversation. <laughs> yeah. Can I just, so I, I think for me, where, where mm. I really struggle with pride is about how commercialized it's become. Oh, God. So yes. every company out there is looking to make money mm-hmm. out of pride. Yeah. You know, be it 100%. Selling, yeah. T shirts, everything. Every every shop you go to, whilst, you know, your, your pride parades are on, are selling some kind of paraphernalia. And I think they they put it out there and say they are supporting, it's, it's to support pride. But I, I just I can't believe it. I think it's just money making. Oh, I, do you know, 100%. And I think you'll find, really, if you was to ask the majority of people, um, it, it, I think pride in a way has kind of is 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 in a real danger of losing what it originally was for, which is a protest to kind of say we are here and you know, you know, get used to it that kind of shit. But yeah, I mean, for example, I saw a post someone had put on. I think it was Superdrug. I think had put this lip balm. Uh, it was out for sale and there was two. So there was a pride version where they just basically the tin was a rainbow and the normal version and the normal version was 90 P and the pride version, which is exactly the same, just in a rainbow tin was two ninety nine. Oh, yeah, wow, that's like, a wow. Huge difference. Yeah. And it's just, and I think that is the problem. I think, I mean, I had in my job in Cheltenham, I won't say the company name, but they know who they are. Uh, we had pride, um little rainbow thing which would go underneath our sign off on our in- on our um mm-hmm. emails so of course during pride month it was all about that you know we're here we support our our lgbtq brothers and sisters and everyone in between blah blah blah. so they put this out and then after pride month had finished i continued using the pride um uh sign off and i remember my manager uh coming to me and basically saying um, oh i've noticed you're still using that sign off i was like yes that's correct he went well you, you, we're not so use that now it's uh, it's quite unprofessional to use that you need to go back to normal i was like excuse me and he said yeah we we only use that for pride i was like oh hang on a minute either you're either the company supports us and you actually support the cause or you're just doing it to look like you support the cause for the month I was we like, only so support you, actually- you during this time yeah and that's what i said to him i was like are you actually telling me that me putting that as a support of pride is unprofessional because it's no longer in pride month. So you're actually telling me that I can't do that as an actual gay person. You're telling me I can't represent (laughs) me and my community from the company that supposedly supports us. And he very quickly backtracked and uh, scuttled off to his desk. Um, And I continued using it for the remainder of the year uh, because I thought, well, what are they going to (laughs) do? You can't use that. 
Well, that, I, that's the thing, I suppose, isn't it? As well, is like it's. I mean, it's okay for people to not agree with, hmm. you know, um, gay or or lesbian or whatever different sexuality okay. or preferences people have. It's okay to disagree with it. it. Doesn't matter. You know, people have got their own opinions. These things happen. You know, but but yeah. what it's not okay is to turn it into some sort of hate or visible hate to that person and dis- dismiss what their feelings are, how they feel, because we don't all yeah. agree with everything. And and you see people out there go, well, I don't agree with that. And that's fine because then they're just don't do anything about it. That's just their opinion. Off they go. And then you get the people that do come to, you know, um, the pride, um, pr- uh, pr- um, can't think of the word, come to pride, that'll do. And they protest. <laughs> but they yeah. protest. And they outrightly take their opinion and force that upon everybody around them. And I think that's where it really gets on my nerves a little bit, is it's like, it's, it's all mm. right to have your opinion, but it, that's it. It's your opinion. Keep it yourself. You know, don't exactly. don't affect other people by it. The moment you start affecting other people by it, you're becoming a problem. You're becoming horrible. You're becoming an issue, um, and that's that's the bit that kind of bothers me. I'm I'm, I'm all, all for people having their own opinions and thoughts, but when you're when you're physically hurting or affecting other people, that's when it becomes a problem for me. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. I think. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, interestingly, somebody uh, contacted me the other day. Uh, it's on a similar thread, so they'd been told by their organization they had to put their pronouns next to their name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And their view was, I don't want to put my pronouns next to my name. I'm, you know, I am just me. Why should I need to put a label? Now that's not saying that, you know, if you want to make a point of letting somebody know that you have pronouns that you wish them to use, then that's absolutely fine, but it shouldn't be mandated for everybody to do it. I don't think. No, I agree. I agree with you. I think that, if someone has pronouns that they want, they wish to be used by, whether they're they, them, whatever, then that's fine. If you want to put that, that's down to you, and and that is your choice. Um, but you shouldn't make other people put their pronouns. I didn't do it, so for me personally, when my company said, "Oh, you need to put them there," I said, "Well, I, I don't wish to put them there. I don't want to." Mm. Um, and ultimately, that's my choice. It's my choice to put them on there or not put them on there. So, I, if I ever went on these apps you have that option there as well to to put your pronouns on but i don't um i think it should be a choice Mm. Uh, but but again i think if someone wants to be addressed by a certain pronoun then you know there's the respect there that you should respect a a person's choice um to be you know referred to, to as they wish to be referred to um but yeah expecting other people to kind of put it on there just because it's a a company's tick list uh, I think is is not good, so I agree with you. The problem, see, this is what I f- get. This kind of goes slightly different, but like it, it, this is what I find with the community um, is that as a community, <laughs> we're fucked. Really, our community is 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 possibly the most divided community of anything. Like everyone talks about togetherness, and we got to be together. But but then you, you, when you look at it, like everyone has their own segregations. So, and it's crazy, um, and it's just toxic. I think the environment, like the, the community, I found is quite to- can be quite toxic at times. Um, and I think it kind of when you get people who kind of separate, it's the same with this kind of getting people to kind of put other into into people into little boxes. Like you are this, you are that, you are this, you are that. And I just don't think it's necessary. Yeah. I think um, again, someone chooses to be that way, or they you know, that's they want you to call them that. That's fine, but. Yeah, it's very, it's a, it's a, like you said, it's a 
it's a rocky road and it's it's quite dangerous really could get to the point where you don't know when you'd stop well you kind of want to be in a situation where we don't have these conversations because exactly it's you know because you you look at it you've got um the likes of black lives matter you've got your disability um forums you've got lgbtq you you know you can go on and on and on with the amount of places or support groups you've got for being different or having something different about you but actually at the end of the day if you boil it all down we're just all people you know yeah it it doesn't matter we 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 shouldn't have to have groups for those things it shouldn't matter what color what sexuality you know what disabilities you've got you're just a person and and the the expectations that we just all just become accepting you know, and I mean, you've got to sit and go, how far away from that are we? You know, certainly not in our lifetime, right? I don't think. No. But, but I mean, but it, it'd be lovely to just have that where you can just go down the street and just not give a shit, you know? I mean, I'd love that. Like, I'd love a time where people just don't even care. Do you know what I mean? Like, like you, you don't even have to come out, like, yeah. f- from... I mean, this is the thing. It's just like, it's, it's so strange. I saw, a, I saw a thing online where it was um, this woman kind of getting all of her family around... <laughs> And she goes, I have something to tell you all. And they're like, okay. And she goes, I'm straight. And everyone starts kind of going, oh my God. She's like, I know. I've been wanting to tell you guys for years. And you think the absurdity of it, like when you look at it in that way, how how no one would care. We don't care that you're straight or whatever. Um, but when you, there, hopefully there'll come a time where people just, it will just be a thing. Like no one has to come out and it just is what it is. Um but I think the problem is, is that people just assume um, that everyone is straight, unless, of course, they give you reason not to. So, for example, like people, when I'm at work or when I start my new jobs, that's the other thing about coming out. You come out once to your friends and family, but then you're always coming out to people when you meet someone new. So, people like at work, they'll go. When I was dating somebody, they'd say, "Oh, so your your other half? What does she do?" And I'd be like, well, he works in whatever. And they're like, oh, he. I'm like, yep. And it's kind of, you have to, again, you have to then go through that whole kind of, oh, okay, I didn't realize. It's like, well, <laughs> why would you? Yeah, does it matter? Yeah. Yeah. How's, how does it affect you? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I didn't realize exactly. I'd ruined your day by that. I apologize. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry I forgot my rainbow cape when I came in today. You had one thing to remember. <laughs> I do actually have a rainbow cape. I'm not even going to lie. We I need mean, a picture so we anybody... can put it on Instagram. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Brilliant. So I guess you, you know, you've, you've mentioned a little while ago, you are currently single and ready to I mingle. Um, I, I'd be interested to know what your experience of the dating scenes like. So you obviously go to bars and clubs, you use online apps as well. Uh, not now. Um, no, my my <laughs> my experience of dating um, has not been good. Um, I this year I was dating a guy for about four months. I know it doesn't sound long time, but in gay years, that's like <laughs> that's forever. It's like um, dog years, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it really it really fucked me up this year um, because. I met him. <clears throat> I met him, and um, I thought it was going really well. And he, at the beginning, it was it was great. You know, it was kind of he was it was tall, very good looking, and I thought, okay, this guy's talking to me on a bet. 
So I'm looking around for his mates when I was in the pub, thinking he's on, he's coming over here because they dared him to talk to me. So of course, then we started chatting, and it was all very nice. And he was kind of, uh, you know, very attentive. We would chat all the time, and he would send me text messages, and he'd say things like, "Oh, you know, I've been I'm trying not to message you as much, but I hope you're okay." Blah, blah. And it was great, and we'd see each other three or four times a week. Uh, we'd go out at weekends. I'd go stay at his, that kind of thing, and then. Um, whenever someone would ask him, I'll oh, see so you guys together, he'd be like, oh, no, no, we're just dating. And I was like, okay, right. So he wasn't ready to commit. And then we went away for his, uh, he went away and he kind of invited me over uh, to, he was house-sitting. I was like, oh, this is nice. I went over and uh, met his friends who were absolutely some of the nicest people you would ever meet. And um, the one of my mates, like, wife basically introduced me to her daughter uh, and said oh this is uh redacted names new boyfriend and uh he was like oh uh we're not really putting labels on it to which i'd span around and he went oh no no yeah he is my boyfriend he's my boyfriend but then from then it just all kind of veered off and um he kind of just stopped talking as much and we didn't really chat and it was just horrible um and then eventually he kind of just like just ended it um but that really that really kind of messed me up this year because i actually loved him and i've only really only have loved like a couple of people uh and that was really hard and i think it's kind of put me off kind of going on the on the dating scene and stuff because the problem is you've got apps now um which mean that people don't actually chat to you it's literally just you could go on an app and it's just unsolicited dick pics, arse pics, people asking you to fart in their mouth and humiliate them. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, I didn't, I wanted to use this platform as a way of kind of bringing it up, James. So if you could stop doing that, that would be fantastic. Yeah. It does it to me. Thank yeah, you. I'll go and harass somebody else. <laughs> Jesus. Also get it looked at. There are creams for that. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. Cause like the problem is nowadays is that people don't like back in the day, um, people in relationships would kind of like, if you had a, a rocky relationship or something goes wrong, people would kind of work through it and they go, right, okay, so what can we do to fix this? What can we do to kind of make this better? Nowadays, if something goes wrong, people's instant reaction is, well, fuck you then, because I can go online, I can chat to 30 other people. So why the fuck should I need It's to- a throwaway culture. It is. And it's, it's fucking yeah. awful. And That's I, and I don't, I don't know what it's like in the in the heterosexual uh, dating world, but it's probably worse in the gays because they're just so. A lot of gays think monogamy is a type of wood, so <laughs> like there just there isn't any there isn't any commitment anymore. And I think this is this is the thing like what happened in my last relationship is he loved attention. Like whenever we would go out, because he was he was a good looking guy, um, and he was tall, so everyone would come up to him and they would chat to him, and. I would be stood there like a lemon. I'm all like, okay, he's going to introduce me to this person. Oh no, no, he's not. Okay, cool. I'll just, uh, I'll just stand here then, shall I? Um, and it would, it would kind of, that would happen on on a regular basis. Um, and I think that's kind of, he liked that attention. And I think when he got it from one person, I think he was like, no, can't do this anymore. And that's the problem that a lot of people now is just, it's just the dating scene is horrid. So yeah, it's, it's not great. It's not great. Do you know so what? I think I'm just going to be. Sorry, sorry go, go on. on. Carry on. No, carry on. Oh, I was just, I was just basically going to say. I think what I'm basically going to do now, because I am knocking on 40's door, um, very, 
very soon. And when you get to 40, Grinder sends you your death certificate out. So I'm basically Join dead us. now. Join us, Steve. Uh, <laughs> Join us. <laughs> and uh, I just know what's going to happen. I'm going to... I'm going to get old. Um, I'm going to be that nice neighbor that everyone goes, oh, Steve's lovely. He's so kind. He's so lovely. He's lovely to talk to. And I'll have like five cats. Then someone will not notice that I haven't been out to put the bins out for a while. Then they'll complain about smell. And then they'll break in and I'll be sat there with five very well-fed cats, half eaten in a chair with Netflix on there saying, are you still watching this? That's basically my life that I've come to realize that's what's going to happen now. <laughs> and, and I think a lot of people feel that way nowadays because of that mm. dating scene you know male female you know in any in any kind of situation because because you were saying it's a very much a throwaway culture even with you know your tinders and your so on and so forth that you've got is yeah. you know people can just go on and they can go find the next relationship and 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 because of we're a social media or an online kind of world nowadays people find it easier than inter- interacting you know face to face so they, they i mean i've had that process well, I've had situations where I've been in the pub and um, I've seen people chatting on on the well-known uh, gay app and they're in the same room. Yeah. I mean, they're chatting to each other via the screen and then one of them will walk past the other and they kind of give each other an awkward smile. And you're like, mate, you literally just sent a picture of your hoop to him. Go and <laughs> chat to him. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's just awful. And I think, yeah, I find a lot of people kind of look and think the grass is greener. Um, and they'll look whilst they're with someone. And I seem to be the person that um, is everyone's stopgap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that nice guy that everyone talks to and then goes, yeah. I mean, I had a guy the other day, it was on Christmas Day, he matched with me on a on a on one of the uh, apps. And um, he was like, oh, how are you? I was like, yeah, I'm good, thank you. And I asked where he was, and he said he lives in Clapham, but he's only up this way for Christmas. And I was like, oh, it's typical. All the, all the good-looking ones are always only here visiting. And he goes to me, oh, actually, do you know what? I think maybe I'm too much for you to handle. And I was like, what makes you say that? And he goes, well, I mean, I'm much more sexually orientated and your profile is uh, a little bit more wholesome. And I thought, that's a good thing, surely, right? <laughs> wholesome? <laughs> that's a good thing. Tell me that's a good thing, guys. It, it is, but it's and, but that's yeah. also <laughs> awkward. That's an all, it's just an odd thing to say to someone before you'd really met them. And just gone on a profile I, um, confirmation. Yeah, but that's the difference, right? I think that's your that's your person that's that's going on those kind of apps while they're away looking for a quick shag, mm, right? True. Not a long term relationship. Um, and it's difficult, yeah. I guess, because it's they're probably all mixed into one, aren't they? Now, you know, whereas, like you say, he's historically going to a bar or a pub or a club, you can sit and have a conversation with somebody and you get to understand quite quickly what they're there for and what they're looking for versus this throwaway culture that we have now where it's easy for someone like that to just go no block off you go you know yeah i think the days of meeting someone across a crowded dance floor are are dead now That, that just doesn't happen i mean we'd all like to meet someone um in person and meet them through a pub um but again i just don't think it's going to happen i mean you think like Back when the internet first started out, to make us sound really old, but I remember when you, if you were chatting to someone online and you were going to meet them and you told to said to somebody, oh, how, how did you meet them? And you go, oh, I met them online. They'd give you this face like, oh, shit. Oh, God. Meeting someone online. Oh, you don't know who you're meeting. 
Now it's the other mm. way around. If you go, <clears> I met <throat> them in the pub, they're like, what? You met someone in the pub? What a freak. Who does but that? But you don't know anything about them. Have you looked at their profile? Do you know, you know? <laughs> do they have an online presence? How many yeah. followers do they have? It's like, Jesus Christ. Do you know, do you know what? what um, going off subject a little bit, just slightly in terms of what we were talking about, but something that's really always come to question for me is we all know that men and women are very different with the way that they work in relationships. Like you, you're traditional man, traditional woman. And we talk, you see all these posts on the internet around, you know, if a man's narcissistic or if a woman's playing a game and all this sort of stuff. But I often wonder whether these same attributes, if you put two men together and we're, we're built slightly differently to women, we know that generally anyway, is how does the dynamic work when it comes to that personality? You know, that if, if, how much you get more, is there more of a, you might get two narcissistic people together. Do, do men react differently to how another man reacts? Is it, is it like a polarity thing and it cancels itself out and all of a sudden the bloke's not a dick because he's not having to deal with a woman, you know, cause, cause you do, you look on, look online and there are millions, millions and millions and millions of influencers. He uses inverted commas, millions of influencers that will go, Oh, you know, if he's doing this to you or if she's doing that to you, then, but they never talk about same sex conversations. It's all about man to woman, woman to man. Yeah. Oh, it works the same. Like, um, if, if you're, if if you're dating a narcissist, you're dating a narcissist irrespective of what gender they are. I mean, I've, I've dated, I've dated people in the past, um, that see for me, I think I, I've got like an attachment. I've got like a, an anxious attachment style when it comes to dating. So if, and I'm quite good at kind of reading people's body language. So for me, I'm always on the lookout for people's behaviors. Yeah. Um, and you, so I, I can see it and I have dated people that are narcissistic and they don't even realize it. I think a lot of the time. Um, so I think it work it works the same way. Um, I think the only difference is, I guess, if you have a row with a bloke, you can pretty much have a row and it's sorted and it's done. Yeah, and I think that's um, what I'm kind of getting at. I think to a degree as well is it's, it's those kind of things, stuff like that, where we do naturally have specific traits as men. The whole point of us, you know, creating the on the mend network was because men deal with mental health very differently to. Yeah. To, to women and i think with this is stuff like that you say you know if two men are going to have an argument you know you've got your point across you've done it you're either going to punch each other or just go do you know what it's done with you know it's a very yeah. different reaction and and that's kind of where i'm trying to get at is in that because because you you're putting something else other than so if james and i were to have an argument we'd just fall out and then we'd start chatting again but when you put love or feelings emotion into it how does it change in same sex and that i think is you know, incredibly important to, for people to understand, especially if they are, if they are gay, they haven't come out or they're concerned or they're worried or they you don't know what's going to happen if they embark on that sort of journey and make it very much a real thing is what kind of, how different are their relationships going to be, you know, in comparison to what it might be if they were to be dating a woman, you know. I think the thing is also like you, when it comes to like same sex it's very different in respect of what's expected. So, mm. for example, your the heteronormative relationship will be: you get with a woman, you get married, you have kids. Yeah. That's your family. You've got that. You don't have that necessarily. I mean, you. I mean, you can obviously people can adopt nowadays, but just generally speaking, there is less of that. So it's kind of more. You don't have that kind of. This is what I want my my life to look like. 
and there's less there's less kind of um what's the word pressure i suppose from others to go well you're at a certain age you need to be doing this now you need to be doing that now um but i think if you add love into it especially when it comes to arguments i think it kind of works the same way you you kind of Mm. sometimes you can i've done it in the past you try and ignore things that you uh probably if i had someone come to me and they gave me the same situation i'd be like get out this is this is not good for you but when you're in it even if you're a same-sex one, it's still the same. You, yeah. you know, you kind of still react the same way. But I think it's slightly easier. I think. But then I haven't dated a woman for a long time. Um, that was yeah, a long, long time ago. But yeah, I think it's. I think they're kind of the, they're kind of roughly the same. Yeah, I'd, I'd just... like to think so. You know, in terms of when it comes to emotion and and love and having that bond rather than it just being you know a friendship. I mean, don't we don't we don't really fall out, do we, James? I don't think we've really argued, have we? I don't think. Not for a long time. And makeup sex is always great afterwards anyway. So <laughs> Oh, there was an image I didn't need. <laughs> but no, but it is it's like like because there's, no, there. there's no there's <laughs> no Stuart was great. Oh dear. There's no <laughs> there's no romantic involvement with with that kind of argument for me and James. So if we fall out, it's just like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough and then you move on and then it's the next day and you're drinking coffee again and talking about something completely different um so it's good to have that kind of perspective because because i think people probably do want to know that they probably do want to know what the difference th- is you know if, if not anything. i think a lot of a lot of gay men are very emotionally unavailable anyway i think um so well the ones that i've been dating anyway all seem to be very so what, kind what of does that mean t- what does emotionally unavailable so essentially like they <sighs> They're not willing to commit to something, so they'll they'll initially like when when it's all new and this is all great and oh this is great lovey dovey you know this is fantastic, but then it gets to a point where they realise that it is more like for example my last one he was all into it until I start because initially I had him at arm's length because I was cheated on by my ex before him, right? Um, so I was very kind of like I'm not allowing myself to open up fully because I don't want to go through that shit that I went through before. So I was very kind of kept him at arm's length in a way. And so he used that as a kind of uh, the chase, essentially. But then as soon as he caught me, and then I started getting feelings, and he could see that, he was like, actually, Joe, you know I'm not ready for this. But I wish I'd known that at the beginning if he wasn't ready for it. Um, and it's it, And I think a lot of gay men are like that because they just don't, well, we've all, you know, they all go through it. It's like anybody, I suppose. I think gay men more so because it's just more promiscuous than anyone else, um, seemingly. So a lot of them are just very, very kind of unavailable emotionally. So they're not they're not willing to commit to a long term relationship. Um, and I think that's that's the biggest problem that I've found. Um, and that's, that's kind of what I mean by emotionally unavailable. And that I is, the same, that is the same across um, same sex relationships and mixed race uh, mixed um sex relationships because you know that is exactly it women will say mm. god all these men are just so emotionally unavailable you know and i guess to your point like you say is this the promiscuous side of it for gay men that probably make it a little bit more of a thing within the gay community mm. yeah i mean you think like if you <laughs> if you guys want to kind of go out there and sleep with someone you got to you got to take them for a meal take them for a day you know <laughs> chat to them for three or four months before you can even see each other naked whereas gays they can go on an app and they can it's like uber eats i suppose 
you're going to get someone round in like less than five minutes. You know what I mean? You haven't got any of that nonsense, which I think is again is is half the problem. So for you and your your, your previous relationship, which broke up, did yeah. you did you manage to find any closure in the end on that one, or is it still quite raw for you? Uh, I've got closure now. I think it was it was hard because um, you you can't I I can't just turn off feelings, and I think that's what upset me more mm. when he obviously could seemingly just do that and go okay yeah i'm done and i couldn't do that so it took ages and uh, of course what i ended up doing i live because i live by myself i live on my own i think that was harder because i had i mean i had people around me you know i mean i could have people i could talk mm. to but again i think it's a man thing as you as you've kind of mentioned this before in your previous episodes is it's like i don't like approaching other people uh because I always feel like I'm putting my shit onto other people and I know other people have got stuff they're going through. So for me, it took ages to get closure on it. Um, and there was a situation where I, I basically kind of had a, I met up with him. Uh, he came to the pub with his friends and, uh, when he was there, it was the first time we'd met each other. Um, after, um, we'd kind of split up. And when we were in the pub together, um, there was this guy kind of just all over him. And obviously I had to see that. And I'm stood there thinking, shit. And I'm looking at that. And it was still quite raw for me at that time. And I kind of, and to me, mm. in my mind, I was like, well, that that's a bit off. because, And I could, you know, they swapped numbers. And he was less than a foot away from me. So I could hear everything. And I kind of thought to myself, that for me then was that moment where I could be like, right, this is this is what you need to see in a way, because this allows you to see that he is over. He's over you. Do you know what I mean? He's not, he, he doesn't care about you now because he's obviously being so blatant and that helped. Um, and I think we kind of had like a chat conversation. I left cause I just, I needed to remove myself from that situation. And I bumped yeah. into him the very next day after we'd had this long conversation. And we kind of had a little bit of an altercation in the street, not physical, obviously verbal. Um, and then about three weeks later, he messaged me saying that he didn't like the way it ended in the street and that, you know, he wishes me all the best and blah, 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 blah. Um, and when I got that message, I didn't feel the same way. Like normally when I'd get a message, my stomach would drop when I'd get a message from him or if I saw his name pop up on my phone. Um, but when yeah. I got that message after everything I'd seen, that helped because I, I literally was able to kind of say to myself, don't get hung up on someone who doesn't care. Because the one thing I've learned is you can't love someone into loving you back. doesn't matter how much mm, you try. Absolutely. It just doesn't work. And I think now I've kind of got to that point where I'm like, I have to concentrate on myself and I need to stop. Um, I need to kind of stop relying on someone else to make me happy. So that's what I've learned from the last relationship, which is probably why, like I said, I'm going to kind of just be on my own for a bit. Um but it is hard at times, like I say, you know, because when you're when you are by yourself and you live on your own, you've got nobody there. Um, and I don't mind being alone because I like being by myself. I just don't like being lonely. And that's that's kind of that's the that's the hardest thing I've had to deal with, I think, challenge wise since that last yeah. relationship. But then you're giving yourself time, aren't you? I suppose everyone needs to heal, don't they? That's the thing. It's you know, yeah, got to. That's it. Yeah. I think even if you feel like you're over it a lot of the time, I think people still have got that bit of residual pain that they've got to find a way of 
like resolving before they move on to something else. And sometimes it it sometimes actually takes either a, a good amount of time to get you know, alone, you know, on you, you know finding yourself and spending a bit of time to heal or in a lot of cases when somebody else comes along out of the blue and and helps you kind of patch up that pain a little bit i think yeah i i think my for me though i think it's more of a i i don't i can't trust people now um and that's the thing i need to get out of that and i, I know i do i mean i'm just basically my life is like about Emma Thompson in that scene of uh, of Love Actually, you know, when she's <laughs> when she's upstairs in in the uh, in the bedroom and she puts the music on, and then she's kind of just lets it all out for like two seconds, and then all of a sudden she has to go back downstairs and be around people. <clears throat> yeah. That's pretty much what it's like. Um, but it's hard. Mm. But yeah, who knows? Who knows what twenty twenty three will bring? I mean, a six foot four <laughs> muscled rugby player with dark hair and blue eyes might decide to come along and just sweep me off my feet. I mean, I think I've got more chance of Elvis Presley knocking on my door delivering me a burger than I have that happening. But, you know, who knows? <laughs> well, it could happen on the pitch, right? I don't think so. Um, I don't see any of my teammates in that way. But who knows? We might play a team because we are playing a, 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 a tournament next next year in Wales, um, in Swansea. It's rugby on the beach. Who knows? Might kind of meet someone there. So doubtful, but you never know. Out of curiosity, with your so you say it's an all gay rugby team. Well, it's gay and inclusive. So okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, so so is do you play league rugby? Like, do you play in a league, or is it just um, you know, for fun? Uh, the reason I'm asking that is, do you play other teams? Is there is there quite a um a big following for all inclusive rugby teams across? the uk how do people get involved in that what can people do to get involved with something like that is it is it widely known well we we would play in a league i mean we're in our infancy at the minute um so we're all kind of like just getting all of our club set up and stuff like this so we're still kind of doing taster sessions every wednesday at Wyndham rugby club if anyone in norwich or the east anglian area is is interested um and basically it's kind of when we actually kind of get set up we will play other teams um there's another team who's also a gay rugby team. They're called the Colchester Kings, obviously based in Colchester. Um, so it's kind of like anyone can join. That's the thing. That's what we've tried to, to kind of put out there is like, it doesn't matter what your skill level is, your fitness level, your age, whatever. Um, the minute uh, it's just touch rugby because, because we are an inclusive team, we can't play for contact because the rugby rules the league rules basically say that they don't allow trans players to play full contact um so there is that issue there mm. that we can't play full contact i mean eventually if we get enough people we can then split out and have team a and b one does touch one does full contact um but eventually we are going to start getting fixtures in place and stuff like that but like i say at the moment we're just trying to kind of recruit as many people as we possibly can um yeah feel free to plug yeah it, i mean this is a good good kind of platform to talk about stuff i mean they just <clears throat> many people that don't know about it it's you know good to chat about it well i mean like you say you can you can go onto our kind of uh on our um instagram so that's like icini rfc uk um that's on on instagram and we kind of post stuff on there uh about training sessions and stuff like that so essentially like i say at the moment we train every wednesday at half past seven uh at Wyndham rugby club and if, if if people wanted to come along, they could just turn up, um, do a taster session. If they kind of like it after a couple, then we'll look to potentially join them up and get subs paid and stuff like that. But 
um, yeah, it's just, we're hoping that we get more people involved. I mean, we've got like 20 people so far, but we'd like more people uh, so that we can kind of have like two teams or whatever. But it's it's good. I think rugby, after my breakup, really helped me. Like it really saved me. And I don't mean that like as a flyaway. I mean like genuinely, I think it probably saved my life um, because it was just something that was out of... I was I wasn't at home I wasn't thinking about shit and I was just going there and just meeting new people and stuff like that and it was really good and it was really helpful and it's I think people if they're kind of worried don't worry because like some of us some people can't even catch a ball but that's fine because it's like you know it's all part of the fun and everyone, the team themselves are just fantastic like I, I couldn't I couldn't hope for a better team everyone is so great and they're so welcoming um so yeah if people want to join up send us a message on Instagram if you want to kind of uh if you want to know more information or what have you, and uh, we'll we'll kind of give you all the deets, as it were. We'll, we'll we'll definitely pop some details in the show notes for you as well on the on the team. Cool, that'd be lovely. Yeah, because I think people do need to hear it. Mm. You know, it, and for what you've just said, there is like you know, this literally yeah. did save your life. And they're the kind of they're the real. That's really important when it. You know, you're looking at something you found specifically that's you know supported and helps yeah. your mental health. And that's what you've done. You know, for those people out there that are probably sitting there thinking, you know, potentially that they, you know, that, you know, their life's a bit of a mess and they feel pretty shitty about stuff is actually, you know, you could well find something quite easily to, to take I your think mind. That's the thing. It's like, it's easy to kind of sit and wallow, which we've all, we've all done it. Yeah. Um, and it's just, once you kind of get yourself out there and you start doing stuff, um, you realize just doing just anything like going out for a walk or whatever, it can just increase your mental health no end. And mm-hmm. I think it's important for people to kind of do that because I think it's easy just to sit and do nothing. Um, so doing something like a I, hobby. Um, I hope you don't mind me saying, but you know, when we were talking at the time of your, you and your breakup and I was, I was saying to you about, you know, coming down here and spending a couple of days down with us, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you, you mentioned you were going to rugby and one of the big things that, you know, has really stuck in my mind was you were able to go there because there was no judgment and nobody knew your history. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like everyone is on face value. Um, yeah. And that's the important thing is there's no there's no judgment there. There's no, there's no kind of like people worrying about whether they're going to be you know, taking the piss out of or anything like that. It's none of that happens and we don't allow that to happen mm-hmm. and we never would. Um, and that's where I think it's good. Do you know what I mean? It's people of all age, like uh, it go, it ranges from like people in their kind of late twenties to people in their late forties. Um, and it's just, it is just, it's just like a family unit. And I know that's like, it sounds kind of cliche to say, but like they are just like that, you know, and it's just so nice to have that. And I think if more people had that, that kind of environment in, in anything, I think it would be much, much better thing for people. I, I guess that the other one um, I, I wanted to talk to you about and uh, is uh, <clears throat> in terms of challenges around your mental health. Now I, you know, as I've already said, disclaimer, I've known you for donkey's years and I think certainly physically you've really turned your life around. You know, mm. I, I was, uh, I was talking to Stu ahead of the show, this morning and we were talking about um you know how long I've known you and I, I think like like for me and I I, I reference back to uh, uh and for listeners sake a holiday we had together um <laughs> in Cyprus and uh 
we, we, it was a, an all-you-can-eat buffet. And uh, <laughs> oh, I know what's Steve, coming now. Yeah, yeah. So Steve <laughs> went up to uh, to get himself a slice of chocolate cake. Oh, you fucker! But instead of what that, he cut a slice of chocolate cake, <laughs> left the slice, and took the rest of the cake. <laughs> right. So, um, which 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 then spawned uh, on my wedding days. Uh, Steve was my best man. Um, we decided that the best thing for him was everybody got bought their starters out, which was a bowl of soup. And then they put a chocolate cake in front of Steve. It did. Then we had the main course, which I think was roast beef at the day. Mm-hmm. Um, again, he got another chocolate cake <laughs> and then came to desserts. And guess what? He got another chocolate cake. <laughs> well, the joke's on you because those um, chocolate cakes were lovely. Yeah, yeah, I know you took them home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're right. Free chocolate cake. Um, exactly. But but my my point is, you know, uh, you back then you were a big lad, mm, and you've very. you've really you know gone above and beyond. You've you've put the hours in at the gym and really turned yourself around. You're now playing rugby as well. Um, so physical health wise, you know, I know I've not seen you for a while, but I can imagine you're probably in one of the best shapes of your life. Yeah, round. <laughs> Round the best shape of it. <laughs> well, I mean, Christmas has, has has really fucked that. But uh, but generally speaking, like, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm probably physically um, a hell of a lot smaller than I than I than I was. Um, I mean, I'm not as small as I have been. But again, that's what I'm hoping the new year will bring. Um, but yeah, I think again, like the the, the the going to the gym and the and the, and the working out and stuff. It's, it's it's always that motivation to get there initially, but once I'm there and afterwards, I feel so much better, yeah. um, which is great. And this is why I'm hoping like next week, because I'm going to have the rest of the week off, because why not? But as of next week, I'm starting it on. I'm, I'm kind of um, going to take a page out of your book, James. So I'm going to be cutting out the alcohol um, for you know a good few months to see how that kind of goes. Um, and then hopefully, hopefully that, in itself will be a knock-on effect and increase uh, my mental health. Mm. Excellent. No, that's really good. And I guess in terms of that, you know, for, for you at the moment, what do you think the biggest challenges are around your own personal mental health? Loneliness, if I'm honest. Um, right. I. <laughs> uh, it's weird because when you say it, when you actually say it out loud, um, it's it sounds it sounds like you're 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 having like a pity party. Do you know what I mean when you say it out loud? Um, and Not I don't, at all. there's and I, definitely no judgment here. Well, I have, I had a, a situation the other week where I was watching a, a TV show and I had this moment of just complete, um, self-awareness and I was sat on my sofa watching the telly and something happened and my instant reaction, and I bear in mind, I haven't had someone in my life for a good few months now. My instant reaction was to turn to my left, which is where my ex used to sit. And I was about to say something because I'd completely zoned out. I was watching the telly. And then I realized, and I looked around my lounge and I was like, oh yeah, I'm on my own. And it was like, that's what I find the hardest thing is loneliness um, because it's just, it's just hard. And I want, I want what everyone else wants. Do you know what I mean? I want that, that person that looks at me the way I look at Chinese food. Do you know what I mean? I want, (laughs) <laughs> I, I want that person that wants me um, and wants to do nothing more than just to be around me and all that lot. But and I think once I have that, I'm fine. But at the minute, that's probably my biggest because I work from home. I mean, through choice, obviously, I could go to the office, but 
I don't really, I don't really like being around people. Um, I mean, yeah. the, the people I work with are lovely. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but it's it's the having to be in an office, and you know, when I'm at home, I can just I get more done when I'm at home. But in that, then in it, on itself, is a double-edged sword because I'm on my own, so I don't have anyone to talk to, and I <laughs> I find myself sometimes. I'll just I could go a whole day without talking and then I'll just have to make a noise, which makes me sound absolutely mental. But I'll just be sat there and go, just so that I'm making some kind of sound. Otherwise it'll be empty in here for for days on end if I don't talk. Mm. Um so that's what I I think that that's probably, you know, living alone and and a kind of like not having much luck with men. Uh and just being lonely. I think that's my biggest challenge. And I'm hoping that next year I can try and sort that out um but i'm just trying my best not to uh well like i was saying to you before we we started recording like the whole of the month i've done nothing but go out and see people and go for drinks and stuff like that and it's that's i don't want that to be my fallback plan i don't want to just go out to the pub because it's better than sitting at home on my own um yeah because it's expensive for one uh, and two, it's like drinking loads of alcohol, which really I don't really need to do. Um, mm. Yeah, I think that's my that's my biggest that's my biggest thing. I think. No, makes sense. Definitely. Um, I feel like I waffle a lot, so I apologise. No, that. not at all. Not- no, join the club. <laughs> you just you're just cramming all of that. You know, not being able to talk for days on end into a. <laughs> A short window. Yeah. No, no, that's good. So what did you, you know, you, you've mentioned some there. Have you got any other hopes for the new years and any goals you're looking to achieve in the new year? Yes, I am actually, because I was thinking about this the other day. Um, so I am very much a yes person. So whenever someone comes to me and they need something or, they're, oh, can you record this or can you do that? Or can you can you help this? Or do you want to go out with that? I, I always say yes because I don't like letting people down. Um, mm. I'm a people pleaser to my own detriment at times. So I think I'll let people down. It's a wonderful feeling. <laughs> well, that's what I'm hoping to achieve in 2023 uh, is, <laughs> is to learn the word no. And I think that's what I need to do. I think I need to start saying to people, like, I'm really sorry, but no. Uh, and I find the worst thing is when it's, it's especially around kind of alcohol and going out. And it's like, you're going to go out. No. Well, why not? Because I, I don't want to go out. But why? I don't have to justify myself. I don't want to go out. And I have to kind of get over the fact of I don't want to upset someone by saying no. So that's my goal is to kind of have a little bit more me time, uh, which is ironic considering the fact I just said, I, you know, I'm lonely, but like a bit more about me and what is good for me as opposed to what's good for everybody else. Um, I want to lose weight. Um, I want to get in shape like everybody does after Christmas. Um, and learn to, to, to live as a 40-year-old single game man so that's that's my goal you, you mentioned the me time there yeah I, I actually think that you know the different way of looking that is you're going to control the narrative yeah agreed that's a good way of putting it yeah yeah and it's a really good it's a really good goal to have i think that the saying no thing as well because much like you i don't like upsetting people or or um you know saying no to people if i if i can help even if it's if it's detrimental to me which is why i said say no because it feels <laughs> bloody wonderful because i say no a, a few more times and i love it because <laughs> it just makes you go yes 
yes i said no um but it's a really good one to have because you're right you know the first the first and most important person in your life is always mm. going to be you you know and uh james what was the saying that we was it the most most important relationship you have is with yes. yourself that yep. was it wasn't it um and and I, I think that nearly everybody in this world pretty much spends most of their time thinking yep. about everybody else, which is great because it shows you're a nice person. But um, actually, I think having that ability to go back and go, do you know, I'm going to, for one of my word, I'm going to sort myself out. <laughs> um, I'm going to sort myself out first, and then I'm going to worry about the next person. So good luck. Thank you. It's brilliant, brilliant, and a Definitely. really a really sensible approach to the new year. <laughs> Let's see how long it lasts. Hopefully, <laughs> at the end of the year, I can say, yeah, I said no to loads of people, pissed everybody off. It's fantastic. I've now got yeah. no friends. I've got loads of me time now. <laughs> and I've got no tattooed yeah. on my forehead. Yeah. <laughs> Better than mug, though, I suppose. Hey. But but on a serious note, please, mm. you know, come back on a later episode, check in with us, tell us how your, your year's going. It'd be really good to, you know, to hear back from you. Yeah. Well, I mean, check your listener numbers after this episode. You might have less, so you might not want me back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fallen flat on its face we've yeah. shut it down you single-handedly fucked it yeah, what did, yeah. why did you end your podcast well? just listen to this 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 episode of this absolutely yeah. fucking car crash <laughs> like thanks thank you people thank you in in the spirit of said your nan i will uh i will tell you a story about my nan so you know at the time you uh you came out mm-hmm. and i uh i absolutely mentioned it to my uh my nan at the time, she went, wow, Stephen, really? Out of you two, I thought it'd be you that would be the gay one. <laughs> uh, it's all that sucking dick. That's what that was. God bless your nan. <laughs> <laughs> that one's yeah. got a beard now because it catches everything. Yes, good Diane. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, very quick like yeah, that. that's what she very said good. <laughs> very good, very good. Bless. great no but no really look thank you for coming on it's been it's been really good as an episode i think uh definitely the longest episode we've recorded to date so that's that's really positive and uh there's a lot of lot of stuff to take away and think about there so uh yeah thank you thank you well, for taking the time yeah thanks thanks for coming on it has been mm. really really good i mean you know there's been a lot of really interesting stuff we've been chatting about today and and there's some stuff that i wouldn't have really thought about so it certainly opened up my eyes so anyone that's listening to this episode really really in for well thank you very much for having me it's been it, you know it's been an absolute pleasure it's nice to kind of uh you know support you guys because I've, I've listened to all your episodes and they're really good you know we try and i try and kind of uh, spread the word uh so yeah it's, it's been an absolute pleasure coming on and it's been fantastic so thank you very much guys i really appreciate it Thanks for joining us today. On the next episode, we will be discussing testosterone and the impact it has on men's mental health. We look forward to you joining us then. In the meantime, you can get in touch at sedjournan at onthemend.org.uk or on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at sedjournan or at the On The Mend Facebook or LinkedIn pages. If you would like to donate to the On The Mend charity, please feel free to buy us a coffee. The link can be found in the show notes.